Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, bud? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, you in a Ramada or what? Man, that's a beautiful, beautiful background there. Oh, yeah, you like that? No, we're in a, we're in a Holiday Inn Express today. I'll tell you what, man, you got to check. So I've got a little... There's a separate room back there. Yeah, it's on a tour. A separate room. A little tour. All right. So, <laughs> so uh, here's here's a little living room area, right? You got a little wow. couch, nice little seat, TV, uh, kind of a little kitchen kitchen area right over here. You know what mm. I mean? And then we'll go back and uh, we'll go through the into the bedroom area back in the doorway. A little little desk over in the corner. Little, little bed where I watch the game. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then a bathroom. There you go, bud. Man, town. Yeah, big That's, sweet living over here. That is nice. Okay, On the road buddy. for work. Uh, so yeah, I, I I'm good. But uh, I mean, you look like you're living the life there. You uh, you doing all right? No, I'm not doing all right, man. We we uh, got started a little late today because. The Xavier Musketeers, who have just been struggling as of late on the basketball court, put a full game together today and looked pretty good against a number 11 team in the country, Providence, at Providence, three overtimes, and they just could not keep it going. And that was the end of it. They lost, uh, I think they lost by seven in the third overtime. So, yeah, they were a struggle. When it, it, it I, I'm trying to remember if it was the first overtime or the second overtime. They went up five, and there was still just a, just a little bit over two points left, but I or two two minutes left, but they were up five, and I was like, I want to say maybe seventy five seventy or something like that. And I was like, at that first point, I was like, I was like, man, now they're in the driver's seat here. You get like one more stop and one more possession that even if you don't score on that possession, you take enough time off of their possession and your possession, and they don't score. You're in good shape there. Uh, and then they came back. I mean, you know, X got down four or five a couple of times and came back too. And it was uh, really back and forth. It was a crazy 20-minute delay for moisture on the court because of some some water on the ceiling, I guess. Water dripping from the ceiling. They had to put fans in the ceilings because of standing water or something. I'm totally confused how that doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. But – Absolutely insane. It was just a crazy, it was crazy all in all around. I mean, the the game that was supposed to be on after Xavier, by the time they got to it, I think there was five minutes left. Yeah. In the game. It's insane. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, insane. so disappointing ending, pretty really good game. Uh disappointing ending uh for you and, and for us. But we got a lot to talk about here, man. Yeah. I mean, while we're at it, let's just stay with college basketball. Did you see the Jawan Howard? Uh, uh, I'm going to call it an escalation. Okay. The escalation after the, uh, after the Wisconsin Badgers uh, put it to them at the end, at, towards the end of the second half, uh, they, they got out ahead and uh, put it to them. I, I, Adam, I'm intrigued to hear because Juwan Howard got suspended. Was it five games? Yes. Five games, which could very easily go into a uh, conference tournament. Uh, well, we'll go into their conference tournament. I think they only have one one or two games left. They have five, five games left. It's their last five oh. regular season games. Oh, man, I totally missed that. All right, so 
he's going to be suspended for the rest of the regular season. Um, did you see the confrontation at the end of the game? I sure did. I saw it several okay. times. <laughs> yes, because they played it several times. So first question, before we get into what started the confrontation, um, in that handshake line, to start off, Jawan Howard doesn't get directly into the line right away. Usually coaches shake first and get out. He walks to the back of the line, comes up, and he is trying to avoid – I can't remember the guy's name now uh, – the coach for Wisconsin. Greg Gard. Yep. Greg Gard. So he's trying to avoid Greg Gard, and Greg Gard is offended by it and grabs him and wants to talk to him. And Juwan Howard does not want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. At nor, all. Nor does he want to get grabbed. <laughs> yes. So, uh, in that instance, do you think this was started by Mr. Greg Gard? It's hard to say he started it. Now, the physical part technically was started because he grabbed Jawan Howard, looked like he was trying to walk by without shaking his hand, like you said. And he grabbed him. It wasn't. It didn't seem like a violent thing. It was like a hold on, stop. I want to talk. I want to talk to you, which is what he said afterward. He was trying exactly. to explain why he took why he took the timeout. The timeout that that Jawan Howard was so upset about. Um, but he didn't like being grabbed. He was already upset. Obviously, Jawan Howard was so. And then he got touched and stopped when he was trying to go by him, and uh, so he was upset. And he grabbed him. He grabbed him up by the by the shirt. You know the old <laughs> the old. Yep. You know. Uh, and, and he kind of immediately realized what he did and like opened his hand and let him go, but then like pointed his finger in his face and, and then don't touch me. Yeah. And then, and then everybody stepped in and of course that's, you know, everybody stepping in to separate them always is, is a lot of times an escalation, like, because you have that many bodies going in there, everybody starts putting hands on, on everybody's chest now you're touching me. I'm touching you. Now it's okay. Now there's a little bit more. And even if you're trying to, we see it all the time in sports, even when you're trying to hold people back and that kind of thing, you're, you're touching other people and there it's always, it becomes a little touch becomes a little shove, a little, this, a little that, and it, it just keeps escalating. It, it ends up very quickly. Even the people that aren't intending to escalate anything, it escalates quickly because everybody rushes over and there's a lot of bodies and a lot of just hands and a lot of talking and it gets, it gets out of hand. Exactly. There's a lot of talking. This happens all the time where there's a little talking, a little, a little, a little, a little push of whatever goes down. But from there, the head coach never is seen reaching over top of three people because he can, because he's six foot eight and smacking a dude across the face. That does, that is not something that happens all the time. Right. Correct. Yeah. And as they held him back, you can see him running back into the pile. I was trying to watch Juwan Howard. They pulled him out and he came running back in. He was ready to go now. So now we know that. Do you feel like Greg Gard should be suspended for anything? Um, because there's a lot of talk about if people feel like Greg Gard should be suspended for for holding on to him. I feel like that he's a they're Big Ten coaches. They've both been Big Ten coaches for a while. He was trying to get a hold of like, hey man, hey hey, we know each other. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, he, I'm sure he knew Juwan was mad, but did he know he was that mad? No. And then when he realized that he was like, Oh crap, this is not good. Mm-hmm. And and he kind of backed off. He might've still been like yelling back, but he kind of backed off and then everybody else was in, in between them. Um, I, I don't really think there's anything. I, I know there was a, a, you know, he, he physically put his hand on him, but I don't think Whatever. there was anything. It was no malicious content. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't really think that Greg Gard should be suspended if he is no more than a game. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, unfortunately, I think everybody here is is a little bit at fault, honestly. But the biggest escalator certainly was Jawan Howard, who should get the biggest. And then there was and at least did. one, maybe two kids on Michigan's team that threw the kid that you can yes. see, you know, clearly threw a couple punches. Um he should certainly be suspended for at least as many games as Juwan Howard was, I would say. Yeah. I haven't seen what that kid got. I haven't seen the whole uh, meltdown of what I know Juwan got it. And that, cause that was a right away thing. I mean, Michigan literally at right after it happened, the uh, president of Michigan called the chancellor or president of Wash of Washington. I keep wanting to say Washington because then I game today, um, mm-hmm. but uh, of Wisconsin to apologize and the ADs talk to each other to apologize. And, mm-hmm. and there was a whole lot of that going on, but my man, Juwan Howard got into the press conference room and had no apology ready to be spoken. Yeah. He, you know, he didn't apologize in the press conference right after the game, but he was, he was calm and he did a, I think he still did a good job of answering questions and didn't get all fired up and didn't, didn't really say anything to incriminate himself any further. Um, I, I feel like he did a pretty good job after that. Now that was, he was completely wrong for what he did on the floor yeah. and, and the, the example that he set and, and just the way that, I mean, you know, uh, those punches, those punches that his players threw or his player threw were because of, I, I believe were because of what he did. hundred, hundred percent. There's no question about it. Yes. There's no question. That's a normal kind of little shoving thing at the end of a game that gets broken up until he throws whether you it wasn't a punch it was an open hand smack but whether it doesn't matter when he throws hands is when everything goes crazy and that is what I don't like about it from from you're the coach I hate that I can tell you right now there I love competitive nature I'm a competitive person but you have got to be the you, you're the one that goes into these kids, these parents' homes and says, I'm going to turn your kid into a man. And what you did was turn, you looked like a kid in that instance because you were hurt because somebody called a timeout and you thought it was an unwritten rule. Nobody should be calling timeout when they're up by however much and you're a little crybaby and you can't take it. You know what? You got to lose with dignity and you got to win with dignity. If you want to remember it and you want to say, I'm going to remember this, I'm going to remember this, that's fine. But that is uncalled for. I agree. I, I feel like we haven't seen this in a while and, and maybe I just, maybe it's happened and I haven't noticed it, but I, I think, I feel like this situation used to be bigger, like people calling timeouts and running up the score and that kind of stuff. You used to hear about that more, I feel like, but can, can, let's talk about that. Let's talk about this. Okay? okay. The end of the game. So you watched the highlight when he called timeout, correct? Yes. What was the yes. score? What was the score? Uh, they were up 15, I believe. Up 15. And how much time is left? 15 seconds left, I'm pretty sure. How much time is left? 15 seconds left. Right before he called timeout, they tried to inbound the ball, and it was stolen when 
Michigan had full court pressure. They were they were in the full court press. The ball was stolen. He had his subs in. He had taken his starters out of the game and brought his subs in. Michigan gets in the full court press, steals a pass, lays it in. They get the ball back. They get and get a point. They they scored. They get the ball put. They get the ball back in play in with again full court pressure. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. If I'm a coach and you are getting beat by 15, and I already took my my team out, and you are conceding the game, or I'm conceding the game, I'm calling a timeout there for the exact reason that guard said. I don't think he did anything wrong. If Jawan Howard's going to be given full court pressure, then I need these kids that are getting the full court pressure not to just give up, you know, six or eight points at the end of, you know, at the end of a game within 10 seconds. Let's let's give them an opportunity or get my starters back in is what I would have done. If you're going to be in full court and I'm bringing my starters back in and I'm going to get the ball in and get the ball across half court and let's end this game. If Jawan Howard is going to be upset with him for calling a timeout, then I would be just as upset with him for being in full court. If you're going to be in full court, then we're still playing basketball. So mm-hmm. I have I should be allowed without having anyone be upset with me to continue to play basketball as well. That pisses me off. I agree. I I think Juwan Howard was more sen- and I I'm surprised by this to be honest with you. I I kind of assumed Juwan Howard would be a guy that wouldn't wouldn't feel that way about that because if he's if he's in that situation, I'm not sure he just lets his his backup struggle and that you know and Greg Gard yeah Greg Gard said specifically there's a rule that if you call a timeout you get the 10, the 10 seconds is back up. So the ball went out of bounds. They, they pressured and then the ball went out of bounds still Wisconsin's ball, but I think it was six seconds or four seconds or they whatever had, went off the clock and they had, they six, only had yeah, six seconds went off the clock. They only had four seconds left in the backcourt. So, so they would have had four seconds to get the ball across court and they still had, and it was baseline. So it was, it was all the way, they still had to go all the way down. So, Yes. So he, he said, he actually said the official came to him and said, your 10 seconds get starts back over. If you call a timeout there, he, yes. he said the official told him that. And then he's like, yep, give me the timeout. So that's my, that's my thing. I, I, if I'm, I, I don't understand why Juwan Juwan Howard is upset about a timeout that is taken because you're still playing basketball. If you're if you're conceding the game and you're acting like this game should be conceded because you're up because you're getting beat by 15 with 15 seconds left and you're acting like it should be conceded at that point in time, then your guys shouldn't be pressing at that point. If you're going to still play, I'm going to still play. If I'm Greg Gard, I'm going into that press conference. And that is my number one thing. When I saw that, I'm like, how is nobody talking about this? He's pressing. What? 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 How is that being left off of the whole thing? It's all about Greg Gard calling a timeout. And not about the fact that there's like, if they're going to play it, am I wrong? If you're still playing, then I'm going to play. Yeah. And, and it's not 25. Fif- the difference between 15 and 20 or 25 is different. I think too. Yeah. 15 is not, it, it's, it was out of reach pretty much, but it's, it's, it's within, you know, you get a steal. They, you said they got a steal laid it in. I think that brought it to 15 you get another steal and a and a three quick three or something like that. Look, you're still down twelve or whatever with twelve seconds or whatever left. But now you're getting back into that where okay, now it's 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 you know, I don't know. You just want to make sure you're closing the game out without 
too much uh, without putting your players in a bad spot there where they they're just they they lose a six nothing run at the end of the game or eight nothing run or whatever um, and, and not able to compete. Um, I just don't like I don't like the fact that Jawan Howard is upset. Everybody was upset. I mean, even the people that are that are saying Jawan Howard was in the wrong for doing what he did are all saying, yeah, I'd be pissed off too. He never should have called that timeout. Why, why is he, why should he not have called that timeout? I'm so confused on why everybody is still like, everybody thinks Greg Gard should have never called the timeout, but they also think that Juwan Howard was in the wrong. I don't understand why you can't call a timeout when you're, when the ball pressure is on you like that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think, as a matter of fact, it's funny in our last game, the team that I coach, I did the same thing. <laughs> um, we were, we were up, it was overtime. It was an overtime. We were up nine and we had, we were trying to get the ball in bounds and just run the clock out. And my girl was trapped on the sideline in the backcourt and she was go trust me, going to throw the ball away. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so I, in, I instinctively called a timeout as soon as I called the timeout and they gave it to me, I looked up and there was like, I forget what it was, maybe seven seconds left or something like that. And we're up nine. I'm like, oh, God, I look, I glanced over at their bench to kind of like see if they were looking at me funny. And I was I felt bad immediately. Like I should not have called that timeout. There's way less time than I was. I just kind of she was in trouble. It's I just took a time. Yeah. So um. So I, I, I felt bad and I thought about saying something to the other coach after the game, but I didn't. Um, but anyway, I, yeah, I, I have no, I have no problem with the timeout. I have no problem with the timeout and I agree with you. Um, it stinks. And then there's the whole thing that everybody's talking about started, started talking about. So do we need the handshake line after, after the games? Yes, um, absolutely. What, what's your take of, on that? That is part that is yes, absolutely. That is part of what we're doing. That's part of what we're doing. It's in the end, in the end of the day, it's a game. At the end of the day, these guys are playing a game and it is a fought battle. And whether you win or you lose you, that is part of the teaching that is turning these people into men. That's part of the, 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 the point of this whole thing of, of what you're doing, bringing these kids into college and having them be student athletes. That is part of this molding process. And if your coach can't, can't lose with dignity, then he's not teaching everybody the right way. A hundred percent. I think you should shake hands after every game. I think they should do it at every level. I think that's how I, I, that is my favorite part of the game. You play your tail off. And if you lose, whether it's because of the refs or because of yourself or because the other team was just better, you walk out there and you shake that other team's hand and you tell them good game and you get off the court. You want to be mad at the other team and be mad at a ref. You mad at anybody. But the point is that this is a game. We both fought our butts off. It was a competition. Somebody wins, somebody loses. It's how it works. You're going to have to figure it out And life. Guess what? Life is way more difficult than that in life. You're going to lose a lot more than you're going to win. At least in these, with for these guys, they're winning more than they lose. You got to learn how to take it. And if you can't take a loss in a game, how are you going to take a loss in real life? I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I, I, that was that was great. I I agree. Um, there's <laughs> yeah, there's one thing that somebody. I'll tell you. I'll tell you one more thing. 
that I think should happen more often. And I have my kids do this, whether the refs are good or bad or I'm upset with them or anything. I think every after every game, every kid should walk over to the referees and tell them good job because they are the authority figure in that game. And you have to show respect for them, whether you think they did right or wrong. You show them respect and you go up and you tell them good game too. And then you get off the court. Personally, that's my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that too. Um, I, I I try to do that when I coach. I, I had some games this year that I wasn't crazy about the officiating and I, at least if I pass them after the game somewhere in the hallway or off the court when they're, cause they, they get off the court pretty quickly. But, um, but if I, if I'm within, you know, distance where they can hear me, I, I at least say, thanks. Um, at your level, at your level, you're a freshman coach. So usually when you're coaching it's freshman, then JV, then varsity are the same referees coaching all three games. No, a lot of times the, the same officials will coach the freshman and JV games, but they don't do the varsity games. There's a different crew for varsity. Okay. So that's my, like when we play, obviously at my kids level, which are little tiny itty bitty kids, when they play, the refs are there for like five straight games, right? They're there doing game after game. So it's easy for me to say, I right, go hit the ref, go get the, go get the umpire, go get the ref, go get whoever, go knuckle them up, tell them good job. Every single time when we're done. That is the first thing I tell my kids to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. I'm I'm with you, man. It, it's you know, coaches are are and should be held to a higher standard than everybody else. I mean, it's big for exactly the reasons that you said. You're expected to have a a level of um, decorum is a word that I keep hearing a lot uh, used in this situation. It, it just indignity. It, any word that describes behaving yourself and and behave, behaving with class and respect for everybody else you're held to a higher standard than everybody else because you are the lead example. You are the leader there. I mean, your, your team has leaders as players as well, but you are the number one leader when you're the head coach and you're expected to do that and, and be an example. And you're expected to, to have your assistants behave that way as well because you are there for those kids and, and whether they're kids that you coach at eight years old or, 18, 20, 21 year old kids in college, um, even in the NBA, honestly, even though they're grown men too, I think it's the same thing there. I think the, these guys are older guys and, and they should be expected the same way. I mean, you, you know, you want your players at any level to behave with, with that respect. And you can't expect that from them. Everybody's going to have a slip up every great once in a while all the competition that you go through, all the emotion that you go through in a game and all these games that you coach and everything and all the ups and downs of the season and all that kind of stuff. And you have other stuff in your life. People are going to mess up once in a while. Hopefully this is it for Jawan Howard there. That's it's resurfaced that I don't remember this, but there was some incident last year against Maryland in the big 10 tournament that he had with their coach uh, at the end of the game. Um, if it's and his apology, by the way, the next day was outstanding. I don't know that he wrote it. Maybe it was a, a official. I don't care, but you know what? This, the whole thing where people come out a day or two later and make an apology or whatever. Yeah. You get time to think about it. That's true. Um, I, I hope, I hope that he had time to think about it and he is serious with that. Mm -hmm. But most of these things are the school or other people 
making you do it. They're telling you this is what you need to do to make things right. And a lot of times I don't think people believe in what they're even saying when they say it. That it's hard for me to hear that. Me, if I have an issue right after a game, like something like that happened, and I go into a press conference, by the time I get that at a press conference, I already know what I did wrong. I'm all I mean, I it doesn't take me long when I when I say or do something that slips up with my oh, it's almost immediately where I'm like, ah oh, man, I ne- that was the wrong thing. I never should have said that, I never should have done that. These guys know when they do the wrong thing. They know. Yeah, I, I do think there's a there's a lot to be said about like a 24 hour rule or at least get, getting a getting a, a sleep in after that or something. There's there are still some competitive juices flowing and some some emotions and stuff going even 10, 15, 30 an hour after the game. Of course, they're they're fading. They should be fading. And you're right. I, I, I mean, I don't I don't think you're wrong about that. I I you you do start to have more clarity right you know almost right away and um and, and that should be the case and that's why i i do think that he handled the press conference pretty well he didn't come out and apologize right away in the press conference he but he was honest but he was calm about it you know he's like this is what i i was upset about him taking the time out it should have never escalated to that um you know it it that shouldn't have happened i'm not happy that it happened or whatever you know but he And then the next, you know, the next morning or whatever, they came out with that statement that he, you know, uh, and that's the thing, like, for me, I I feel like Jawan Howard is somebody that would be remorseful about that, that does have a good head on his shoulders, that is all about, you know, representing the University of Michigan, uh, you know, in in the highest regard, and in, in trying to make people great coming out of that university. I mean, he's, he went there. He was part of the most popular, famous, successful teams of the in the history of that organization and of that university. And, uh, you know, and that was that's why it was especially hard for me, because I grew up a huge Michigan fan because of him and Jalen and Chris and Ray and Jimmy. Uh, yep. I, so it was it's really tough. I you know, and I but that's the thing, like when you have a team that you love, it's in my fandom has faded over the years but i was you know huge and i still hold on to some of that because of how much i loved it when i was a kid um you you want your people to behave better than everybody else so that you have that you i rep look i am a fan of xavier basketball look at how look at the history of how everybody behaves or watch a game we were just talking about before we came on here about paul scruggs you know played 48 minutes tonight because they played three overtimes and that was the one thing I didn't say was I, I'm I'm ner- I'm I get nervous about watching him handle the basketball just because of how big he is and he's not super quick and he's not like a a great great ball handler but and he made a couple a couple turnovers in that last overtime that I think cost him the game um but the one thing that I noticed about him more than anything was the way he carries himself on the floor. And I, I don't watch every game like you do, but I was impressed with that. The way he interacts with officials and other players and his coaches and his teammates, he impresses me with that stuff. And I don't, like I said, I don't know if he's like that all the time, but he seemed even in the most intense situations, an official would say something to him or he's going over to ask an official about a call and he's shaking his head. Yep. I thought so. I, I agree. I agree. You're right. You're right. He's saying the that Dwan Odom foul. You saw you saw the Dwan Odom foul when he came out and Dwan Odom got his fifth foul 
and he gave the old he brought his hands down. Yeah, I saw that. I saw but, that. But he, but I, I noticed him doing it three or four times, honestly. During so, the game. so here's the thing about Paul Scruggs. If we're going to just change the subject into the Xavier for a minute, because I have no problem with that, because it's my favorite thing to talk about. Paul Scruggs, uh, it's kind of polarizing at Xavier. He went through a streak this year. He shot the ball from the free throw line very well today. Uh, I think he was nine for ten or eight, eight and nine, something like that. But he went through a streak where he couldn't shoot the ball, save his life, and. Um, but he could take a game over at the end. He does that a lot. He's very good at that. He's a fifth-year senior, but he gets a lot of criticism because he's a fifth-year senior, and everybody feels like he should be mistake-free basketball all the time. However, in the past, in the last three years, this year included, so his junior year and then his two senior years, his senior year and his COVID senior year, which is this year, uh, so around his junior year, he started going up to officials and talking to them constantly. And officials aren't like getting upset with him. They're smiling and they're just talking to him. And I, I remember I, I talk about it all the time. He's he always goes over and talks to the official after something happens. If it's him, he's like, oh, he's always doing the I didn't do it. Oh, are you kidding me? He does those kind of things. But whatever he's saying, he's saying the right things because the officials are usually smiling and put their arm on him around him and have a conversation with him. And he does it all the time. Officials love Paul Scruggs love him and they if something happens for Xavier on they come directly over to him and explain to him and then he walks over and talks to the kid it's pretty cool the way it works he, he does handle himself like that a lot that is leadership and that's a that's a great way to be and, and to have somebody on your team like that that's a great communicator and can keep his head on straight even when he's upset about something that's so important and that's and, and then bringing it back there is you you have a you have players if you have a player like that, you're as a coach, you're expected to be better than that. <laughs> um, so, exactly. you know, Jawan Howard has yeah, to see Paul Scruggs, uh, you know, calls not go his way or against his team or whatever in a triple overtime game that they're trying to trying desperately to get back on track and and build a resume up so that they can make sure they make the NCAA tournament, it, you know he was in a really difficult situation there too. And then ended up losing the game and he handled himself. Well, um, you know, I know it's a, it's a different situation, but you, there's just no excuse for the escalation, bringing it back to the way you started it. The escalation that happened when Jawan Howard reached over and slapped the guy, uh, slapped the, the uh, assistant coach in the head. Uh, and then mm -hmm. everything took off from there. Um, so I, I, I do think, so do you think the five games was enough? Do you think it should be more? Should he be suspended for the conference tournament? Should she, should he be suspended the rest of the year? Should he be, I, I think it's silly to even say this, but should he be fired? Some people do. I think don't like that. the fire. There's a, there were some people that said fired. I don't know. Stephen A. Smith. No, Stephen A. Smith said that. Didn't uh, say it, but there was some people out there that did say he should be fired. No, I don't know. That he needs to be fired once again. Man, things happen, and you know they're they're, they're worse, People do worse stuff than slap somebody in the face in this in college basketball. A lot worse, and they don't get fired. So, no, I'm fine with him. I'm fine with him getting five. I think five games is fine. I think you know it's enough to it's enough to let them know. Like, look, you could very very easily take yourself out of an NCAA tournament bid because you're not coaching this team the last five games of the year. And, you know, I don't know where they stand right now. 
as an NCAA tournament tournament team. They were pretty much on the bubble anyway. Right. So there's no way this is going to help them. And if it does, and they go on a little bit of a streak and win some games, then, I mean, it's going to be put out there that they're doing it for Juwan and they're got here, you know, but in my eyes, it's, Hey bud, you know, now I'm thinking, "Hmm, is this the right guy? We don't even need him to do what we're doing. We've got somebody on the bench that walks out and does the same thing. I know I'm just kidding with that. That's just a joke. But I mean, technically, the thing about that is I for, I totally forgot about this until tonight they played they played tonight. They have maybe the best assistant coach in the in the country to come up to the front of the bench and be their a super successful uh uh polished uh you know veteran coach in Phil Martelli. One of the <laughs> most oddly shaped one of the most oddly shaped people in the history of college basketball coaches, but you're right. No, you're exactly right. Phil Mark, he had at one point in time, he had two other college head coaches when he first signed, when he first signed at Michigan, I think he had two other college head coaches. He, he knew he had never been a head coach before. Mm -hmm. He knew what he needed to surround himself with. And for an instant like this, it ended up working out nicely because you got Phil Martelli can stand up and do what he's done for 50 years at St. Joe's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, you know, as long as Juwan Howard takes responsibility, it, you know, keeps, keeps that up and says, look, I, I got to take responsibility. I, what I did was wrong. I should never do that. I've got to, I've got to be a better example. I've got to, I've got to hold myself to a higher standard than that. And I do. And I, and I hold my players to a higher standard than that. And I messed up as long as he takes responsibility like that. And, and, and keeps that, you know, same, same thing. He, he, he's going to be okay. I think if this happens again, though, people are, are, are not going to be as forgiving. Right. For sure. I agree with that. I agree with that. I just, I just, just, you know what? I know it sucks to lose, <clears throat> especially if you're upset with something that happened from the other side, walk out there, shake hands, look him square in the eye and go, I'll remember that timeout, shake his hand, turn around and leave. All you gotta do. That's it. It's that easy. But shake his hand. The fact that you don't shake his hand, that's what started this. If you don't just try to walk away from him, he's not gonna grab you and try to talk to you. If you shake his hand, you guys have a conversation there like everybody does. And he may go, Hold on, man. This is what happened. And you may go, I want to hear it. And you walk away. But you've already shaken hands. Once that handshake is done, that's it. You it's the only thing you have to do is shake hands. Just do it. Show your kids. And then walk in and tell your kids, I don't like what he did. And we're going to play them again. And next time when we see them in the Big Ten tournament, we are going to put it to them because that was Bush League what they did. You can tell your kids whatever you want to tell them. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, you have to be the bigger person. Absolutely. I agree. Um, all right. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Uh, that's the college level. Chris, this past weekend, you had a national holiday in my opinion, and that is the uh, NBA All-Star Weekend, one of my favorite weekends of the whole year. Um, there, it, was, it was eventful, I would say, uh, sometimes in not a great way, but <laughs> it, it, either way, it was eventful. Um, there were a lot of events. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but starting with, uh, starting with the Rising Stars Challenge on Saturday night, it was – or maybe that was Friday night, Friday night, I believe. Um, 
they did it, you know, a different way this year where they had four teams and they had the like basically semifinals and then finals. We, we kind of briefly talked about it last week that b- before it happened where they, they have that, it's that Elam ending and they have a number they have to get to. It was 50 for the first two games. And then for the championship game, it was 25. It was the rising stars games were, they were fun because they were, they were fun at the end. Once that, once both teams reached in the into the forties and they were had to go to 50 first team to 51. That's when it got good because before that, honestly, it was boring. It was just like the all-star game. It's, it's dunks and alley-oops and crazy sidestep, you know, 35 footers, right? Mm-hmm. That's not that fun to watch, honestly. But when they start competing, when the best players, uh, you know, the best first and second year players are competing at the highest level because they're actually trying to get stops now and they're trying to, uh, you know, get better shots and that kind of thing, because they were actually still kind of want to win. That's when it got fun. So all three games were like that. They were close games. And I, sometimes I'm not sure. And I think same with the all-star game, they're going back and forth and there have been blowout all-star games before, but sometimes I'm, I'm wondering if they're kind of like, okay, we're kind of just trading back and forth highlights we'll keep it close so that we can actually have a game at the end of it. So it matters. So the rising Stars stuff I think was decent Saturday night. You had the skills challenge, which is totally new. Again, they keep changing this thing, the format. Um, and they had teams. They went back to teams. So you had the, the, the Cleveland team, the rookie team. And uh, who was the other, um, I'm trying to think, I, I can't even think of who the third team was now, but, the hometown Cleveland team ended up winning that. There were onto the Kumpos. The onto the Kumpos. Thank you. Um, the, the whole family. So, matter of fact, I saw a pretty funny thing that said, uh, "I think it was, I think it was like a Darius Garland or something like that was on a meme, and it said, onto the Kumpo, I have a feeling your whole your whole family's going down.' But it was from Billy Madison." Uh, something like like it had adam sandler as billy madison and it said darius garland was saying that anyway uh that was it was interesting they had the basically they had like the shooting competition and then the passing competition and then another sort of shooting competition and then they had the half court shots so they broke it down rather than making it a full thing like at your where you're doing everything in one at one time and trying to get the best times. Um, that was kind of interesting. I, it seemed like it could have been, they could have made it a little tougher and maybe they didn't need to, it, it drag, it drug out, it dragged it out. Drug, it drug out and the passing thing was a ruckus. Like it didn't make, like there was no rhyme or, they had one circle for everyone to throw the, like, it just but, didn't make sense. but they all had to, to switch. I don't think you could do two, two in a row on the same one. So it was, that's, I think part of the reason Cleveland won is because they had like a system at first and they ended up running into each other at the end, but they had like a system. They were like doing a three-man weave and going to the next, and it looked beautiful, actually, uh, the first part of that thing. The Antetokounmpo's ran into each other. The rookies ran into each other. That was a big mess. You're right. And the the rings that they were, the whatever they were that they were throwing the ball looked like you or I could easily make passes into those things. They looked yeah. huge. Um, so, but I mean, and yes, they were moving, but 
you know, if you've played uh, more than two or three games of pop a shot in your life, you're shooting at a moving target. You know what to do there. You got to put a little more on it, take a little off, whatever. Um, So that was a little weird, but overall I thought it was okay. Um, I'd I'd be okay if they eliminated one of those things or something to make it a little bit shorter because it was, it took a long time. I, I liked I liked the regular way better. I liked the old way better, where you 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 do the dribble weave, you make the pass, you go get the ball, take it down, hit the layup or the dribble weave again, then the layup, and then come down and hit the three. I love that. I think it's I, I it's I love it. Why change it? And they, they still had it dunk. yeah, they still kind of had that, but they it, you had to hit like a floater or whatever after the last one, and uh, that was that was a little weird, but. I still get frustrated when when guys go like too slow or too like nonchalant or too cool or whatever. Because and they even talk about it beforehand, like you can't do that if you want to win this thing. You can't be cool in this one. All right, yeah. you gotta you gotta actually go hard. And then a couple guys are going half speed or whatever, and I'm like, oh come on. Yep, there's a reason you're getting beat. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I mean, did you think? What did you think of it overall? You okay with it? No, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to get rid of that and go back to the old. I didn't like that. At, I didn't like the old. I didn't see a ton of it. I only watched a couple little parts of it, but I don't like that at all. Go back to the old way, and and let's get let's just keep it going from there. I got you. All and right. Can so we then, get Cat Williams? Can we get Cat Williams? We can talk about can Cat Williams. Car- sure. Can we get Carl Anthony Towns in the dunk competition? Is that the only thing he's never won? Yeah, but. He'd be a terrible dunker. <laughs> you say that, but nobody expected him to win the three-point contest. No, no, I certainly didn't. Um, and it was weird to, to watch him shoot. He, you know, he has kind of a he's he has an okay shot. I mean, obviously he made more than everybody else, but um, but it was just kind 29. of twenty-nine. Throw twenty-nine at the end. Record. Yeah, and I know, and I, and I know you get those two Mountain Dew balls now, but. Even still, that's legit. Yeah, it's a, he had a great, great last round, um, and he deserved it. I mean, he deserved to win it and everything. It was still just like a little anticlimactic to me to to have the only center in it win. Like it was like the big guy. Yeah, I was really excited. Like I always am. I'm more excited about that than anything else on that on, on that night because you actually usually get some of the best three point shooters in the league in that thing, and. We, there were still were i mean steph wasn't in it this year clay wasn't in it but you still had some of the best shooters in the league in it and mm-hmm. it, it, n- none of them won it a center won it <laughs> so yeah but that goes i, I kind of like that because it goes to show just like when cat because cat was the first big guy to win the skills competition like five or six years ago maybe even more than that and it went on they went on a little bit of a run there i mean Por, uh, porzingis or maybe it wasn't porzingis but luca won one and you know, there were some big one, guys. Some, yeah, there were some big guys that won that skills competition. Uh, it's so much that it became big guys versus little guys at one point. A couple of years ago, they had all the big guys and then all the little guys, and that's how, so they can make sure it ended that way. Mm-hmm. And they won. But Cat, I'm pretty sure, was the first big guy in one of those that won. And it just goes to show you how the league is becoming and what kind of freak athletes are in this league. That these guys are 6'10, 6'11, 7' foot. And can do the same thing that a six foot speedy cat could do. Not cat like Cat Williams, but cat isn't that dude. Yeah. 
And he talked about wanting to be the greatest big man shooter ever. Now, I don't know if he's talking about just threes. It's going to be hard to be a better big man shooter than Dirk Nowitzki. But Dirk was as good as there ever was. If he would have been in the three-point competition, he may have been able to win one, but he's never gotten one. Yeah. So well, that I know of. Yeah, I he he might have he might have been in one. I feel like he I feel like he was in one at least. But anyway, you don't have to win the three-point contest to be the best three-point shooter, you know, big man three-point shooter. Um, and if you want to go back even further than that, I'm telling you, Carl Anthony Towns is not a is not a better shooter than Larry Bird. Um, Larry Bird was, I mean, he won three, he won three, <laughs> uh, three point contests and I would consider him a big guy, but uh, he was six, nine, right. I mean, Larry Bird's six, eight, six, yeah, nine, six, Is nine, he yeah. not, maybe not six. Was he six, nine? Yeah. Yep. So that's a big guy. That's a big guy in today's NBA. I mean, he's a power forward in today's NBA. So it's not like he wasn't back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he yeah. was, um, I was okay with it. I mean, it's still fun to watch that thing, especially when, when you get, you know, once you get a few guys on, you know, w- with scores and you have a score to beat and you're like, okay, that was a pretty good round. The first guy you're like, okay, I guess that's the benchmark. And then the next guy goes, he, you know, if he goes above that, then you're like, okay, here we go. And then, you know, it, it gets better the more guys that go and you see who's shooting the ball well and who has great rounds. Um, and then when you get down to the end and, and guys are on their last rack and they need four, six, four or five points and they got to make four out of five or five out of six or whatever it is, and they need that money ball and um, it gets exciting. It's fun. Uh, it's the my most- favorite part. My favorite part is that most of these guys are putting the money ball in that last rack, the money ball rack where the, all the money balls are. And it's like, oh, man, he needs eight. And it's like, oh, that's only four out of five. Let's go. He could do this, right? Because, I mean, that's doable now. That's fun for me. I love that. I love the fact that they've got the money ball rack now. I love – I don't care about the green Mountain Dew ball. That seems a little silly to me. Yeah. Uh, what do they get for that? They, how many points did they get for the I think green it was Mountain two, Dew ball? I think it was two extra points. So it was just a money ball from the side two, or something? Two extra money balls from – it was like it was like a few feet further back. Right. But so – I love that when they came up with the money ball rack, that was one of the things where when they changed it, I was like, Oh, I like that. That is, that is, this could make things fun. Where are you putting your money ball rack? Uh, top of the key. Very, very top. Okay. Uh, you know what? I take that back. I was just shooting the other day and I'm definitely better from the elbow than anywhere else. My corner. There's no way. I don't know, man. I don't know how people shoot from the corner. I cannot shoot from the corner. <laughs> Uh yeah, all right. So, I have so no depth the, perception. So one, one yeah, of the, left or right, wing. left or right wing. Probably from the right. I'd be from the right. See, but when I grab the ball, I like to grab from the left. Oh, right. I'm a left. I can grab from the left and go up. So you're going across your body every time. Every time. Wow. I th- I think I'm. I think I probably prefer to pick go it up in the pocket. Pick it up almost in the pocket, yep. ready to shoot. Go right up. Yep. I think no. so. Anyway, I'm just taking really, to be completely honest with you. I've never shot off a rack before. I'm just going off pop a shot. I would much rather shoot from the right side of a pop a shot because I grab with my left hand, throw it to my right, grab with my left, throw it to my right. So I like to reach down with my left to get the balls, which are in the middle usually. So that's why I said I'd rather go grab the balls from the left. Oh, okay. You're talking about the one you have, like the dual one. 
yeah, yeah. Like the dual the power one. shot with a with the fabric the fabric uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know tray that comes down yeah because yeah. they all come back to the middle and I'm fighting but yeah so the left hand's nice and easy right there get it to the right so so you're and these are smaller balls you're talking about so you're grabbing left hand transferring to the other hand and shooting one hand yeah oh wow okay all right how do you shoot pop shot with the little balls I think I I think I pick up both hands just like a regular ball and then get it up and get it up guide hand and everything so you reach down you reach down with two and then pull up the shoot yeah Uh, see man when i when i'm shooting pop a shot though i don't shoot regular i don't shoot normal you shoot pop a shot to make the shot i shoot pop a shot to throw it as hard as i can against a flimsy backboard so it stops (laughs) it and drops in so i'm just grabbing it i'm grabbing and chucking baby i'm grabbing i got a little there's a little backspin on it right so when it hits that backboard it's coming down but it's dude it's quick it's That's, that's the only way I can do it. A lot of different styles for Papa Shot. I haven't played mm-hmm. in a while, man. I gotta, I gotta get back out. Adam Schmidt used to make me. Adam Schmidt used to get me drunk at uh, GameWorks <laughs> in Newport on the levee because we would go play Papa Shot, and then we'd always end up with two kids, two people, and they come over and think they could beat us. And we would always, uh, I'd bet beers, and Adam didn't drink. I'd be like, all right, let's go, let's bet beers on it. And me and Adam would win mostly because Adam beat everyone but that was decent and we would beat people and i'd get beers oh, we'd always be out of four people we'd always be one and two <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's what we did how yeah, that that was our night out on a weekend hey want to go to game works and play papa shot two 20 year old kid two 22 21 22 year old guys yeah let's go to, let's just go play papa shot <laughs> that's I, that's i love that that's my partying Mm-hmm. that's my party and we could be doing a lot worse than that we played papa shots so long that my right arm would be so sore the oh, next yeah. day from just from shooting i bet we shot 500 shots a day a night sure i bet it was 500 a night oh my put, arm hurts right now just thinking about it, my forearm put 25 bucks worth of points on that card boy he keeps swiping oh, oh you're good to go baby you're good to go <laughs> oh that was always so fun Yep. All right. So look, we got to get to the dunk contest here because man, that there is not one person that I heard on any kind of social media in person. I've not, I've not heard one person that was satisfied with that dunk contest. Did you see any of the dunk contest? So I'm going to tell you what happened. I was, we went to Hollywood casino hmm. Because my sister-in-law wanted to watch or wanted to go to Boogie Nights, a little dance club inside the casino. Uh, the casino or the Boogie Nights opened at nine. Luke Kennard went off on his three-point competition uh, when he hit 27 at like 9.05. And I wanted to watch Luke Kennard. And we were sitting in front of, we were sitting at the sports bar at the casino. So I sat there, made my wife sit with me while everyone else went down to the, to the club. And I made her sit with me while we watched Luke Kennard. So I wanted to watch it on a big screen. Get, get down to the, to the boogie nights area. Not a single television. I take that back. There was probably eight or nine TVs, but they were all showing the, music video for oh. whatever song was being played, whatever 80s, 70s, 80s song was being played at the time. 
That's what was on the TVs. Not a, I'm telling you, Adam, not a single TV. I'm looking all around and my buddy looks at me. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, they don't have a single TV to watch, to watch the dunk competition in here. And he looked at me and he goes, who watches the dunk competition? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Which, it's still, you still have hope every year because it can be an, a very entertaining event. Unfortunately, most of the time for the last 10 or 15 years, a lot of them weren't very good. This one, a lot of people were saying immediately the worst one ever. Um, if you didn't get to see all wasn't the dunks, there one, wasn't there one guy that didn't even make a dunk in his two attempts? He yeah, I, his, everybody missed dunks. All four guys missed dunks. When you miss the first dunk, if you don't like when there's something about that missing that first try, even though you get what is it, 20 seconds or whatever it is now, they've got it timed. Uh, it was, it used to be, you get three attempts and now I think it's timed, right? I, I, it was timed. I think it's back to the attempts now. I think it's back to the two, two attempts, I think. But if you miss that first one, that's it, it. When you make the second one, it's just not as good because we already know what you're going to do now. We've seen you do the whole thing. I know what's going to happen. So I lose my interest. Yeah. I am so big on get up there. You hit that first one. I think you should get, I think everyone should, you should start with five bonus points. So if it's a 45, if it's a nine dunk, I feel like it should automatically be a 10. You should, every judge should have to give you one extra point just for making it on your first attempt. So whatever they hold up, they have to give you one extra point. Unless you get a 10, then you just stay with the 10. Huh. I you hate, get extra points I, for doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Because that's what this has come down to. It's come yeah. down to nobody can make dunks. They try to do such crazy stuff. The, it was. It started out really, really bad. Cole Anthony started this thing where he came out to do his dunk. And it took 10 or 15 seconds for his dad to come out of the stands, Greg Anthony, former NBA player, NBA analyst, and pull a, pull <laughs> no, a, a pair of of Timberland boots out of a backpack while he's doing that Cole Anthony is doing this dance is just dancing in front of his dad while his dad stands right in front of him, pulling boots out of a backpack. Really, really strange, really strange. And then it takes him what seems like 10 minutes to sit down and put Timberland boots on and lace them all the way up because his first dunk was going to be in those boots. And then he just had his dad go under the rim and hold it up. And he was, he was jumping and taking it out of his dad's hand and dunking it in, in Timberland boots. Okay. You understand that that's certainly much harder than jumping out, you know, with basketball shoes on, but the time it took for him to even get his first one off, he stopped and adjusted his dad's arm, holding the basketball out four times before he tried the first dunk and he moved it an inch. I, I, it's already a really bad dunk contest with the very first. And then he missed his first two attempts on that too. Oh, geez. It was such a bad start. And then everybody else pretty much followed suit. I mean, there were a couple Oops. decent dunks, but it took everybody more than one chance, more than one try. Obi Toppin won. And he, the couple dunks that he did on his second or third attempts were pretty decent dunks. But besides that, 
it took, there were so many misses. I forget somebody actually put posted it. They made like, like 30% of their dunks or something like that. Like they shot 30% in the dunk contest. It was that bad. That's pretty bad. And I think that's probably, well, I don't know. Uh, so Greg Anthony, Greg Anthony had a pretty bad day at the all-star game then, I guess. Right. Well, Cole Anthony, his son. Yeah. Well, it sounds like Greg Anthony didn't have as good of a day either. If, if it was his son that <laughs> yeah. was so bad. <laughs> what do you think was worse being there when his son loses the dunk competition or the day after being arrested or the night after the night of the all-star game being arrested for uh hiring a hooker like having what six seven years ago for greg oh, anthony. Oh, oh, oh yeah yeah greg anthony did <laughs> that that's right. That's right. was when that was uh that was uh that was when he was calling the game the all-star game yeah uh, a few years back greg anthony needs to stop going to all-star games <laughs> <laughs> yeah no kidding yeah because he was out for a few years he, he he disappeared for a little bit after that happened and then he, he came back a couple years ago but um yeah that was ah, man it was just such a bad dunk contest do you have any suggestions? I mean, it, it, it's been changed a million times. Do you have any suggestions? Is, was there a version before that you felt like was the best version of the dunk contest? Uh, no, it just depends on the dunkers that are in it. When you have Zach Levine, and, and, and we, the, they were diamonds in the rough, right? The Zach Levine. Um, uh, and Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. Those two dunk competitions were un believable that those two did that those two that they went back and forth and had um especially the one where zach levine like walks up and he's like no man this is both of ours like there's no way you did not just have a we did not both just get 50s we both had 50s on our last dunks and here this is for both of us like that's that's it was unbelievable i always go back to the blake griffin jumping over the car or jumping above the car because the car was underneath the basket. The most annoying dunk I've ever seen in my entire life that he got a 50 on. I don't know what you do to fix the dunk competition. I have no idea. I don't know if you just say you get one chance. You get one chance to dunk the ball. Mm -hmm. Don't get it on your first chance. Boom. That's a zero, brother. Yep. Or let them, let them, let them rate the miss. Let them rate the miss. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you can't get better than a six. But let them rate the let them. All right, you missed it, but I see what you're going for. What you did was difficult enough. We'll give you a six or a three or a two. So if you make it, so that makes them do a challenging dunk. But I see, but then that's then you're going to have somebody who comes out, and if the guy they're playing against misses their dunk, all he's got to do is go do a 360 and they win, right? I don't want to do that either. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. You know, I don't, I don't mind that i i do like that that if you just miss your dunk sorry you have to do a dunk now you know if that means that they're going to be they're not going to be as exciting because you're not going to take as many chances that that might result in that and that's things too but i agree you can't have two three four and then they're they're pretty liberal with what they're calling an attempt so you can jump and grab the ball and if you don't like throw it try to throw it down through the rim they're letting you go without an attempt. So right. there, there, that happened several times in this dunk contest where guys got up and either lost the ball on the way up or, or got it high and, and realized they weren't going to be able to dunk it. So just kind of like 
came down with it instead of trying to throw it through. That happened way too much. There was, I, th- I might have been Juan Toscano Anderson had somebody come out and help him with um, throwing the ball off the side of the, off the pad, off the side of the backboard, mm-hmm. which people have done in the last few years. Um, those have been some exciting dunks, but it took them like six tries to get it. And everybody, there are so many videos of, going around to celebrities and players and stuff and watching people's faces. There was a video the other day that I saw that showed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the middle of Gerald Green trying to dunk, getting up and walking out in the middle of his dunk. There's a, there was one where it, it, they pan over to Shaq and Shaq's like leaned all the way back in his chair and he's like, like he's not yeah. not excited at not all. Not into it. Um, but, but anyway, that's unt- I saw it, a couple. It, I I saw a couple suggestions that I kind of liked too. All right. What do you One got? was that you know no no extra people. You're not jumping over anybody. You're not getting passes from people. People aren't throwing it against the backboard or over the backboard or whatever for you. You're not jumping over anything. There's no props. It's you the ball in the rim. Go do your dunk. Come up with something creative. Do your dunk. So it eliminates all the extra attempts because whoever's throwing the pass doesn't throw the pass how you want it or whatever. Yeah, Quavo is not giving you the best bounce pass of your life. Right. Um, so that was that was a decent one. Another one that I honestly love, and NBA players aren't going to feel good about this, but there are people that make a living on dunk contests. They're not in the NBA. There are like dunk contests that they do on – playgrounds and like the three on three hoop it up stuff yeah i had a friend that was in a bunch of those like won a bunch of those things and it was um those guys do the best dunks they do way better dunks you can find videos all over the place on the internet the dunks that those guys do jordan kill gannon and they're a bunch of guys unbelievable stuff i just saw another guy i can't remember his name now just today do like five or six different dunks it was just him, just just in a gym, and he did dunks that were better than any of the attempts on any of these other dunks. And the, somebody said, let those guys make the dunk contest the best dun- actual dunkers in the world. You, It would be that. way more exciting. I love that, honestly. I mean, give, yeah. give, them a, give them an even bigger money prize than they would get in those other smaller things or whatever make it worthwhile get their names out there people will go follow them on social media they might get some kind of little deal or something because of that i mean great for those guys for the exposure and then it's a better dunk contest probably um so i like that uh somebody i forget who it was maybe it was damian lillard or something no it was it was donovan mitchell said like yeah but you know Maybe you let one or two guys join it, but it's still not going to be the same if it's not an NBA player. No, maybe let one or two NBA players join them. That's what I say. Maybe let one or two NBA players because by, by now it's not like it's not like now we're we're at the all at the dunk competition and we're like, oh yeah, Magic or not Magic, but uh, Michael or Dominique or you know Vince Carter or you know go down the line. Mm-hmm. No, now it's who. Who, who's in it? Some some dude, the the ninth person on the bench for the Sacramento Kings. Okay, I don't know who he is, but is he a dunker? Okay, um, 
I don't know who his name is anyway. So if he's going to be the best dunker, then let's have the actual best dunkers. There was a show on, uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was a series. And it was like these guys all, it was the dunk competition. It was a series and they slowly weeded these guys out over 10 episodes. And unbelievable. The thing I loved about that is they raised the hoop a lot. Mm-hmm. A ton of the dunks they were doing were on 13 foot dunk, uh, hoops and they're doing 360s on 13 foot. And then you're going, holy jeez, old Pete, because the height in the hang time is amazing. I always said you either got to have incredible to win a dunk contest. You either have to throw it down so ferociously when you dunk it that it's like, oh, my God, did you see that? Like a shack kind of finish or you have to do something where you hang in the air so long because you jumped and could have dunked on 13 or 14 feet. You know what I mean? Where, where your, your nose is above the rim. When you see stuff like that, those are the impressive things that I love. Yeah. But, Sorry. No, I got nothing. The, the, the difficulty of the dunk is important, but I, I want to see the aesthetic. Like the aesthetic is, is that's why Vince Carter's 2000 dunk contest was so impressive because it looked, it was just like, it was, it was poetry in motion. It was, it looked so good. I mean, he yeah. did tough dunks and that kind of thing and, and were, was really impressive the whole time, but just the way he moved and the way, even the way he landed, the things he did after the dunk, I mean, he really made the dunks a spectacle. I mean, he, he, it was, it was like, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but you know what he I'm talking did about. Fin- he did finesse dunks, but finished with power. Yeah. And I think you can't get any better than that. That's his, I mean, that, that's what made him the best dunker ever in the dunk contest. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I, I really like the idea of, of bringing people who do it all the time, like do it professionally, super athletes that can, that do that all the time. Um, I hope they consider that. All right. The all-star game. Very quickly. The biggest story was Steph Curry won the MVP, set the record for most three, 16, three pointers. This guy is having the worst, the worst shooting year of his career right now. This, I was so excited to see this because I, I would say if I have to pick a favorite player in the NBA, I would probably have to say Steph Curry. I'm, I was so excited to see him go off like that because he's had a rough year. And he was early in the year, he was being talked about as an MVP candidate because the, the Warriors are really good again. And he was great. Hit that he's fallen off a little bit because he's been in this slump. And when I say slump, he's averaging 25 a game and he's making <laughs> four threes a game still instead of six or seven. Um, he's, shoot, he's shooting 13. 30- 40, 41 and a half percent instead of 44 and a half percent. Right. Right. Um, so anyway, I was really excited about that. Had 50. Uh, that was, that was cool to see. And then LeBron in Cleveland made the game winner. It was a crazy looking shot. I was like, what in the world is he doing? And then it went in. I'm like, okay. He's Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You saw that shot and you said, what is he doing? LeBron takes that shot 15 times a game. Yeah, but it was a little bit different. It was it was a little he, bit different though. He outside, a little, not a little not more, down on the post. 
and he gets down in his little, tries to do his little MJ back him down and fade away jumper. That's You're right. You're right. It, it was, he was double teamed first of all, I think. And then he was, I just felt like he was a, like a little bit more fading and off, off center, not squared, all that kind of stuff. He had to like gave an extra effort to try to get that thing I, off. It looked like it was a miss immediately out of his hands to me. And yeah. then it went in. I was like, Whoa, how did that? He definitely looked like he, yeah, I'll give you that. He, it definitely looked like he had to get his hand extended. It was a little more of a push than a shot. Mm. Like he usually takes in that, but that is, he takes that same shot from that area with that fade away, turnaround fade away from three point. He does that from the, th- from three yeah. all the time. And I, that's the one thing where I'm like, Oh my God, LeBron, come on, man. Don't <laughs> yeah. do that. Yeah. Steph, Steph can take that shot. You probably shouldn't. But it ended up being because of the way they they do the scoring and everything. Now you have at going into the last quarter, they get that that number that you have to hit, and then it's first team. It ended up being one sixty three, and then it it got especially because of the last sequence where they were up uh, whatever four or five. They ended up missing a shot, and then Zach Levine came down, and made a three to make it a one point game. And then LeBron went down, made the shot. If he if he would not have made that shot, then Team Durant would have had a chance to to come back and win at the end. Um, yeah. So either way, it ended up being just like that Rising Stars game. I really like the way they do this ending because it forces those guys to really start competing. They they know what the number is, and uh, it, it makes them actually start to to play some defense and and get better shots and that kind of stuff. So. I, I like that. I wish there was a way to make it so that that is going on a little bit longer. I wish maybe like you have to win each quarter or, or whoever wins the, I mean, maybe not that, but there's something, I wish there was something they could do to make it more competitive throughout the whole game, because it's still for the first three quarters, mostly it's still all the you know let's let me throw let me bounce it as hard as i can so it bounces off the floor off the backboard and i catch it and do a windmill dunk while a guy is standing right where i'm bouncing it and he's just being polite and not reaching his hand out and stopping the ball um so i i wish there was i'm over it i'm 40 i'm not uh you know 11 so i don't care about all that stuff anymore i've seen i've seen it a billion times in my life so I just want to see the best players playing the best basketball. So I wish there was a way. Probably will never get that way. I, I'm, no. I'm happy with the way they do the ending, so that it is a little more competitive. Anything you want to say? Just, just be happy with. Be happy with that you get a quarter. Be happy that you get a, a percentage of the game that way, because it's just what it is, man. You're, you're not going to get guys that get paid this kind of money in an exhibition game going at it 100. percent It's not going to happen. They've got brands. They've got. There's too much at stake for them. I, I, they're. I know they're trying to have fun and put on a show. I think that's the biggest thing for them. Mm-hmm. And I not just, get hurt. Yeah. Right. For me, it's. I, I just wish you're there because you're the best. I want to see the best players play their best. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, I, I, all-star games over. Got the last couple of months of the season here. Should be fun. There's going to be some some playoff races and that kind of stuff going on. But 
Let's move on, Chris, to our Mount Rushmore this week. It was the Mount Rushmore of bottled waters. All right, so by you. I'm going to let you go first because I have to use the bathroom, but I'm going to have my AirPod, my AirPods in. I want to hear what you have to say about this because I am super excited to see how in-depth you get with this. All right, so you'll still be able to hear me. Oh, yeah, I'll be able to hear you. I got the headphones. I'm just going to hit the mute button so you don't hear me pee. Okay. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> All right, so I uh, – okay, there you go. I can still see it. This was – hit the mute button. I don't even, oh, there. There you go. <laughs> so I, this was, this was hard because I drink basically one type of bottle bottled water. If that, if I'm out somewhere and I need a water and that's not available, I will go to my go-to is normally Aquafina. If I go into a convenience store, a, a grocery store or something like that, and I'm not at a Kroger, <laughs> I We'll get Aquafina will be my first choice. Some people I've heard say you're the most disgusting person in the world. If you like Aquafina, it's filth, it's sewage, it's, it's doo-doo. To me, Aquafina is the second best water on the market. Number one is easily Kroger water, Kroger brand water, which is funny because if I see, uh, if I'm at somebody's house and they have any other, uh, store brand water. I'm like, Oh God, what are you poor? Are you, are you destitute? Oh my goodness. What are you doing? You got Costco flavored water. Um, Kroger water water is like $3 for 30 of them. (laughs) Yeah. It's super cheap. And to me, it is the most delicious and we can get into that whole thing because I know that you think it's crazy that there's a difference in taste and water. And I absolutely believe that. I do not understand. Can I tell you, I don't understand when someone says that water is delicious. That water is disgusting. It's water. They both taste water. You know that there are additives in a lot of these waters. People, there's minerals and vitamins and stuff. Delicious. Add to those things. Yes. Delicious delicious. and gross. Delicious and gross. Yes. Okay. There might be a little bit of extra stuff in there. There's water. Mm, Yeah, I can taste a little something different in there. And then there's just water. Look, I can't tell you how everybody get where everybody sources their water from, how it's bottled, what the plants like. I, I can't tell you how all that works for every brand or anything, but I'll tell you that there are some waters, there are some bottled waters that taste dirty and there are some that taste cleaner. And that's, that is just the case for me. And that determines delicious and disgusting my, I can tell you my number one most disgusting, Ice Mountain. Ice Mountain, I, and a lot, of people, water. a lot of people get that. Maybe that's what it is. Ice Mountain, uh, Poland Springs, I think, is another one. I'm like, spring water. So is- you are, we had this conversation last week. So you are like my wife. You don't like the spring water. There's something in that spring water. You know, the, water, the other water that you're drinking is, is just purified tap water. It's just filtered tap water is all it is. And maybe it's filtered differently and by different companies or something, or maybe there's one company that does it all and puts different labels on it. I don't know. And maybe it's just trick. Maybe it's a placebo. I don't know. Kroger and Aquafina after that, to be honest with you, um, the next most frequent one I've probably had is like smart water. Uh, it's like the taller smart water. And then Dasani is probably the other one. And a lot of, a lot of people out here say, 
if you like Dasani water, you are a filthy scumbag. And I'm it's it's not because they're cheap. It's because they're cheap. So when Maybe. you get a cheap when you go to get if I'm going to buy water, I'm usually looking for the cheapest water in there because if I'm buying something that is readily free everywhere else, <laughs> yeah. I'm not paying a ridiculous amount of money for it. Right. Okay. So so it's okay to get Dasani because they're you know, buy two, get one free. You know what I mean? And they're only 88 cents or 89 cents for a bottle. Yeah. And, and I, I, I take it back. I do know, I do know where, um, ice mountain comes from. That is sourced from toilets. That's sourced from, from toilets. Uh, and, and hold I, on a second. I did see hold that. on, hold on the back of the toilet or in the bowl oh, of the toilet. Here we're going to, here we go. We're going to have this conversation now. Okay. <laughs> there's no toilet water that's clean ever in any toilet. no matter what, if it was just cleaned, if it's a brand new toilet, I don't care. There's no clean toilet water in my opinion. And, and, and it's disgusting. Was it you? <laughs> Never mind. I don't even want to... It was, it's okay. I was going to say it. Yes. hundred percent. I was, there was a bet and somebody said, you won't drink water out of the toilet. And I said, absolutely. I will. There ain't nothing wrong with that. I flushed the toilet and I lifted the lid off the back. Cause I'm not drinking it out of the bowl. That's disgusting. And I drank. And once it filled up, got me a little water out of the back of the toilet. It's fresh, clean, brand new water. That made me, nope. that just made you me peer? feel. Nobody pisses or poops in, in the back of a toilet. You ever heard of no, that? That just gets water. Yeah, but it doesn't. No, no, nobody's. And if somebody did an upper decker, it's been flushed so many times that there's nothing left up there to hurt me. If anything, I might get a little rust from a bolt or something that's mm-hmm. holding the top to the bottom. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. That ain't that. At least I'm not getting uh hepatitis L or something like that. But you could be that that you're getting tetanus. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, tetanus, you can get shot for that. <laughs> You got vaxxed up for the tetanus. That's right. I'm all vaxxed up, dude. I got my 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 TPAP or TBAP or whatever that thing is. I'm good to go, man. That's your tetanus card, your tetanus vaccine yep. card. Yeah, really my tennis, my tennis vaccine card. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm going Kroger Aquafina, Smart Water, and Dasani. I don't know that I drink any other water besides that that's why those are my four it's kroger and everybody else to be honest with you what 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 do you got for me uh so we agree on the kroger water right i mean that's an easy one because number one it's the cheapest water you go into kroger's it's got a little red it's got the reds on it all the time you can't beat that if there's a little if there's a reds emblem on it i'll buy it that's so yeah and guess what it tastes like water and guess what it tastes like water too it's crazy isn't it it tastes like water so I love that. I got no problem with that. Uh, I'm going to get you on number two. I'm going to get you with this number two. I love getting my water from UDF. Oh. And I get UDF water because they got monster waters. And the mouth on it is like the bigger than a, the size. It's like the size of a Gatorade bottle. I like that big mouth on that thing, man. So, uh, yeah. So I go with a little UDF water, uh, mostly because it's also like, 46 cents for 32 <laughs> ounces of water. Uh, once again, that goes into my whole thing. Now I will go, I will say that the water I buy the most is 100% smart water mm. and has nothing to do with, usually it would have to do with price, has nothing to do with price. 
it has to do with the fact that it's got the best little flip top squeezy uh, uh, spray bottle on the top, right? Not the twisty cap. I want the the flip top with the, what do you call that kind of lid? I, I don't know, but squirt, I'll tell you. Like a squirt bottle lid, a squirt bottle lid. I No matter what, if those are my options and I have to buy one of those, I take the whole lid off every time I ne- I hate. What? I hate the squirt thing with the little mouth thing. You got to put, no, I, I got to drink it, it straight out of the. I go for those hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And that's why then my fourth, my Mount Rushmore of water. My number four is anything on the bottom shelf. That's less than 80 cents. I don't have a fourth because I could care less. It's water. It's water. <laughs> I'm already paying for it. Why do I care what it is? I'll never in my life forget eight, 10 years ago when I walked into my car and my wife, we're going on vacation and my wife says, will you give me a water? And I give her like an ice, I don't know what it was, some kind of mountain, something spring. And I give it to her and she goes, oh, this is so gross. I hate spring water. What? What are you talking about? It's bottled water. Get out of town. No, no, she's, she's an intelligent person with a, uh, with a sophisticated palate, that's all. Um. <laughs> Take your sophisticated palate and go put your mouth under tap water. I'm a tap water guy, man. Like I would rather drink, and I, I like what I would rather drink room temperature tap water over anything. Give me room. To, I don't want ice cold. I don't like ice cold. I want room temperature. I just take it, turn it on, put it on. I'll set a giant glass of just water on a table. And if it's there two hours later, I go over and I take a drink of it and it's room temperature. It tastes just as good. You know why it tastes just as good? Cause it's got no taste. Cause it's water. I see. I disagree with that too. Temperature, I think enhances taste. I think I, I go as cold as I can all the time, except there are certain times where room temp room temp or, or, or a little above room te- or a little below room temp is a little better after you eat ice cream or something like that. A room temp water is a nice, a nice treat. Mm-hmm. When you you have a water next to your bed at night and you're sleeping, you get three, four, five hours of, of hard open mouth snore sleep, and you wake up in the middle of the night and you are desperate to 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 cool the old cool the old throat off. Room temp, man. I'll I will drink an entire bottle of water in one drink. <laughs> I have done it so many times. (laughs) You slam a water in that situation. Oh, so good. Um, I just did it a couple nights ago. All right. That was fun. That was harder than I thought it was going to be because I realized that I, there aren't very many, I'm a creature of habit. I I go, I'm I'm going to get the same thing every time. Yeah. Yeah. Can we laugh at the fact that none of us chose boss or Fiji or, uh, what's that? The one that comes in a green glass bottle. Oh, uh, Perrier Pierre, or something like that. Perrier. Yeah. Like, all right. I'm just happy you didn't go. I thought there was going to be a chance that you were going to go for all these high, crazy waters, alkaline levels, and look at the pH balances of them. Man, it's water. Get out of town. If I'm out of town and I'm stopping at one of those places and they don't have Aquafina and they certainly don't have Kroger and those are the choices the Fiji's and the, and those kind of things. Now I'm not going to buy a glass bottle, but you, the, the options are those little higher end waters 
you can trick me. You can trick. You put alkaline. You put pH balance for a woman. You put you put whatever you you put whatever you want in that thing. Vitamins and minerals and 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 you know uh, riboflavin. Whatever words sound good, make it sound like it's a good thing for you. I, you can trick me with that. If those are my options, if I'm going to have to pay a little extra for a water anyway, I'll go mm-hmm. for that. I like it. There's, there's a water in a milk carton. They sell water in a carton. Did you know that? No, I did not. The weirdest Never thing seen ever. It. Really quick story, and then we move on to the comedy, and we're done. I, I lived with a girl I was dating for a while. She had this little seven-pound dog. It was this big. I could, I could shove it up my nose if I wanted to. I, that, that thing had, it was some kind of breed that it would drink water and like cough up the water. Like it would gag every time it drank water and it would like spit up the water. It was some kind of thing like specific to that breed, I guess. So it had trouble drinking water for some reason. I saw this, I think it was at jungle gyms. It's not something you can buy everywhere. It was water in a carton, like a milk carton. Bought it I on a, I don't know, on a whim, as a joke, something. I don't know why I bought it. And I have no idea what made me think to do it. I poured a little of that in its bowl. It drank the water, had zero reaction. Drank the water like a normal dog or person or alien or whatever drinks water. It, it, it Weirdest thing water out of a carton out of a cardboard carton it's the craziest story i've ever heard in my entire life first off get rid of the dog number one if it can't drink its own <laughs> if it can't drink water there's no point in it you know what die anyway the dog was like 12 like five or six years ago it was it's probably not alive <laughs> i don't know them little shit dogs man they live forever uh, it didn't have any teeth which was perfect for me oh my god Cause I still think every dog wants to eat me. They do. They do. <laughs> yeah. just keep that tell going me that. You have two yeah, so I just, I just want to keep that going in your head. Every dog wants to eat you. My dogs are good to you now when you walk in the house though. One when you come in the house. Yes. Oh, does Remy still jump on you? Yeah. Yeah. You punch him in his face one time, man. You'd be good. I just give oh, him. Sorry. Nudge. Sorry, Peter. I, I give him a little nudge off with the knee. It's okay. Luna's a good Man. old girl for me now. Is girl or boy? She's a girl. Yeah. Girl. She's Luna's... like four years old now. She's like an old lady. Yeah, yeah. Man, dog years, that's like 106 Man. or whatever. Yeah, she's basically dead. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, don't get me excited. All right. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't wish for any of your dogs to pass on. There, oh, she's a yes, she's a young do. buck. She's a young buck. She's got a long way to go. <laughs> You 100% do. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I don't. I don't want your family to be sad. You feel so awkward when you're standing in the kitchen and we're talking and those dogs are smelling all over you. You're a little like, oh, hey, okay. Can I touch you? Can I not touch you? I am specifically because, you know, especially Luna, she likes to get up in it. She likes Mm -hmm. to get up in them guts, you know. Yeah, she does. There's no doubt about it. She wants to know where it's all coming from. That's for sure. All right. Speaking of speaking of disgusting that, things, yes, absolutely. Let's Allie Wong was our comedian of this week. 
All right. Uh, can I just say I was not expecting this. Like I've never, I mean, I've never seen an Ali Wong special, right? Uh, so I, I'll go ahead and I'll start this one. I, I like let we or we can talk about it or however you want to do it. But um, I've talked about this before. You know how I feel about comedians that come out there and start talking about how much success they have and how great they are. I'm not the biggest fan of that. That's not what I like. I don't like that at all. I'm not a fan. I want to know how much money you made and how powerful you are and how, how great you are now in your life because you're so successful. I don't want to hear that. That's not what a, that's not what a funny comedian does, right? Funny comedians are self-deprecating and are making fun of them, which she did turn around on herself pretty well throughout. She did a good job with that. So it wasn't all that bad. Um, but I wasn't in the beginning, right out of the gate. I was not into this at all. I was not. It got much better. Once it got past like the 15, 20 minute, 15, 20 minute mark, it got drastically better. Oh my gosh. She did have me laughing quite a bit towards the, towards the end when she was talking about her little movie, which once again, she was propping up the fact that she was in a movie. But when she talked about the guy who, uh, the, the 29 year old, whatever guy who, she felt his manhood on her spine. She got back to the hotel and said her drawers look at the bottom of a birdcage. <laughs> that was my favorite funny. That was my funniest part. Because I always just call it, well, I can't say what I call it. We always, yeah, I always joke around and call it litter, something litter, but always have those little jokes. But that was so great, man. She thought that was, I laughed like crazy while she joked around about the whole uh, female juices part. <laughs> that was probably my favorite part. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> I have, I have once you're finished and once I'm finished, I have a, one question for you about this special. Um, but it, yeah. so, so, so is, was there any other jokes that really got you? Was there anything else about it that you, that stuck out to you good or bad? And what was uh, so, some of the kid jokes were pretty good. Uh, you know, she's got kids now and all this stuff and, you know, her husband staying at home and, has the life she wanted or whatever. Once again, it was a whole lot about how well, how good she was doing and how great she is. I, you know, that's, that's not funny comedy to me. That's not what got you to where you're at, in my opinion. Um, but this chick is raunchy. Like, uh, once again, you always hear people talk about why are all female comedians so disgusting? Because they feel like, is there something where they feel like that's the only way they can get laughs is to, to be that way? But this chick was, she was more over the top than like Nikki Glazer is even, I thought. Um, but she was, it did turn around. It turned around for me and I did have parts where I was laughing. Um, I don't know if I can give it a full four. I don't know if I can get to four. I think I probably go about three, six. I don't want to give it. I mean, it was better than average. She knows she's a good comedian. She, she uh, constructs the jokes well. And she pulls things around and, and, and brings things back the way I love like regular comedy, like true comedy. She does a great job with that. If she, if she walked normal, I probably would have gave her a 3.7, but I can't stand the way she walks either. Is that real? Is that the way she, I think that's actually the way she walks. I thought at first she was doing it to be like, like strutting or something. Like she looks like a horse when a horse like struts, you know, yeah. or whatever, like prances, like prances. But then I started watching her and she walked like that the entire time. 
Like that's just how she walks. I she must have been. You didn't. You couldn't tell her. No, no, walk I, her no, gait. I, no, I could. I could tell. I just couldn't tell if she was doing that on. I thought she was doing it on purpose the whole time. But I couldn't tell I if it was, was just how she walks. Then uh, a little weird. That was, that was yeah, definitely weird. But anyway, yeah, she's a uh, she. She was still funny. I mean, she's funny. She is funny. I would. I one hundred percent. She's funny. I just have a problem when these people go up there and start talking about how great they are. like. That's not comedy to me. These people are, you know, they're doing nothing but hating life, and you know, it's t- I, that's I love that part of comedy. I've talked about this a million times. Though. What about you? All right. So you give it a three, six. I'll start because I get excited when we're really close to each other. So I'll start. And I wrote down a 3.4. So okay. again, yeah. lately we've right really there. been on the same page with a lot of these. Yeah. Um, so I've gave it, I gave it a three, four and I, I was the same way. I, my one question for you is, and yeah, she had, <laughs> it was like, so, um, kind of over the top with some of the not even in you know we're fi- we're both fine with dirty comedy dirty jokes and that kind absolutely. of stuff absolutely but it was it was almost a little shocking i knew she was like that i i saw her last special and i've seen some clips and stuff and she was pregnant her. yeah um but uh so i knew she was she was a straightforward kind of kind of person but um she really like went in on everything, uh, you know, her, her favorite stuff and, uh, all kinds of things. <laughs> um, when she so, was, when she was explaining the, like, like if you're, oh man, I can't even really get into it, but talking about standing over top of a guy with, with, um, what do you call it? What did she call it? Um, uh, not COVID, but she called it, uh, what do you call it when you get, pandemic she called her pandemic pubes hanging down <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Oy>. <clears throat> um right in the nose right in the nose <laughs> <laughs> i did laugh at all that stuff that was pretty funny yeah you know she did i agree with you she's a good comedian um and and that's why she's successful and she's gotten movies and i think i, I think she's even written on a tv show or two um and that's why she's successful and that's why she talks about that stuff now because that's what her life is now um and i also agree with you that it's not it, it's never as good you know when when you can't relate as much to them because they're talking exactly. about stuff like i you know yeah. yeah i got home to my mansion and my family was there and gosh i wish they weren't there you know i wish i could cheat on my husband and stuff because that's all yeah. I wanted. Uh, okay yeah you know maybe that maybe that's relatable for some people but but the 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 rest of it is you know having a stay at home dad because you're making millions and stuff like that it, at, yeah. you know that's hard yeah. but uh i you know 3.4 i was right there with you uh, it was you know there was some funny stuff and some of it was like all right all right um so so what was it that you're going to ask me what was the question you're going to ask me was this the dirtiest special we have seen i don't know man i mean it's a couple of those nikki glazer ones they were i mean she was just as raji as the as as she was but i don't know it might have been i don't know because nikki glazer does it so nonchalantly whereas 
Ali Wong like pushed, mm-hmm. <laughs> like like made it more abrupt with that. Where Nikki Glaser would kind of like say something and then no 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 and like fade off into something raunchy. You know what I mean? And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. I mean, recall recency biased if you want, but I would say yes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Ali Wong really like punches her words, and I I, yes. I didn't I didn't I don't like that style as well. I like more of a be funny in more of a conversational tone or something. I I don't know if I'm even explaining that yeah. right, but I, I kind of liked yeah I, I kind of like that. But it definitely felt like that. <laughs> like, and you're right, Nikki, and and maybe even that one that we uh, Whitney Cummings when she brought her doll out and all that kind of stuff. Yes. And, yeah. and I'm sure some of the guys that we watched too um, have been just as bad. But anyway, uh, it's definitely up there with some of the dirtier ones. So if you have not watched this yet and you were thinking about it, be prepared for that. Certainly. You got that right. By the way, the title of this, and it's on Netflix if you want to watch it. The title of this is Don Wong. Uh, did she mention that at all? No. No, no idea she's why. The Don. No idea no, because Don she's the Don. No, she's the Don, the Don, like, oh. you know, she's the best of the best. Just listen to the way she talks about herself. She's the best. Okay. The maybe Don. that's, maybe you're right. That's what I got at. That's where I got it from. Okay. I didn't even think I'm thinking Don, like short for Donald, who is Don Wong. Uh, hmm. I think you're right though. I didn't, I didn't think about that. All right. Well, there's that. Uh, we've got a comedy and a uh, Mount Rushmore. I've got a Mount Rushmore and you've got a comedy to pick. Yep. Um, I'm going to disappear for a second because I have to uh, find the comedy that I'm going to, I got that you. I'm going to choose. No problem. Um, I'm thinking, I am thinking I'm going to go. God, I feel, I feel like I should have a, a long list of these ready to go. Cause this shouldn't be that hard, but uh, it is, we've done a lot of these. I'm going to yeah. say, the Mount Rushmore of ages. So your top four, when you turned this age, when you turned 10, 20, 21, 25, 30, whatever that is, Mount Rushmore of ages, your favorite ages that you have been. So we basically are just going to 40 or well, 38. I'm going to 38. You go yeah. one to 40. However yeah. old you are. Huh? Your favorite ones. Top four. Okay. I like it. All right. That's going to be a tough one. Man, what were my favorite ages? This is definitely going to be a, like, uh, a a real, like, just because of certain things that happened in our lives. Yeah. Okay. Favorite age. Okay. I can do that. All right. And then for comedy, we're going to do the new... Aziz Ansari, nightclub comedian. Mm. Yep. I knew that was going to be coming. One of us was going to do it. I knew that. I, I, I didn't know it would, it would take this long. But uh, I'm very happy at the fact that uh, I've gone about two to three months now with no Jim Gaffigan. Dude, there are so many specials out right now. So many new ones. There are. Yeah. I, we can go for a while without getting to him. Uh, yeah. And I can always watch that one on my own anyway. So <laughs> I'm kidding. We can do Jim Gaffigan. It might be funny. It might be really funny. Well, I when guarantee it's going to be funny. Whispers, 
when he whispers to himself in the and like he's the audience and that annoys the shit out of me so i can't wait for that because i'm sure he won't do it as much in this special <laughs> he's one of the very best <clears throat> look it's all subjective it's all subjective not yes, everybody is. loves him not everybody you know some people love him some people aren't crazy about him absolutely you're definitely correct on that some people are not crazy about him all right <clears throat> all right uh I'm excited. I'm excited for next week. I mean, we're going to have, look, hopefully we have some, some information about baseball because by Monday, uh, by Monday, February 28th, they're saying they're going to have to start canceling games if they don't have an agreement. And it does not sound like they're close enough to make that happen uh, in the next few days. So there's going to be more stuff about that in the next, maybe we can see what Bobby's got going on and, see what kind of extra insight he's got on it, but it definitely sounds like this is not going anywhere fast. Yeah. Yeah. And that stinks because uh, at the end of last week, I bought the uh, flex pack, the 20 voucher flex pack. So ah. um, I, I was holding out, I was going to buy it a couple months ago and I was holding out to see what would happen. And then I got a phone call from a rep at the reds saying, Hey, of course. a few years ago, you bought this flex pack. We want to get you back on board. I'm like, you know, I was going to buy it and I was waiting and he's like, yo, look, uh, whatever. If you, you redeem vouchers for a certain game and they end up canceling that game, we're going to take care of you. You're not going to lose the money or anything like that. Okay. I guess there we go. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I got them today in the mail. There's a little, a little excitement. There's a little excitement and I'm going to go on tomorrow. I'm going to go on tomorrow and I'm going to look at the schedule and just assuming they're playing all the games and I'm going to find some games that I'm going to be excited about redeeming those vouchers for. And I'm going to call you and I'm going to call my brother and I'm going to call your dad, my dad. We're going to get to some games this year, man. Um, I love it because I went to one baseball game last year. Same. Pretty sure it was one, one, which is terrible for me, but so anyway, yeah, I'm totally in. That sounds good to me, dude. I'm I'm happy to hear that you got the pack. I hope that it goes up. Maybe we can get a hold of Bobby. Maybe Bobby. I mean, he obviously doesn't have anything going on. He's not at spring training, so um, maybe we can get him to uh, come on next week and give us a, a small update since there's not too much else going on outside of the world. Yeah, and then go from there. I'm on board. Cool. All right, brother. Sounds good. And uh, well, then till next week. Don't forget to turn your headlights on.